Well, we are in the second week of this new series called Lean In. And I believe we are in, we're in a season of transition here in the church. We are in a new season. Um, I think a lot of stuff has, has come to the surface for a lot of churches during this pandemic. Maybe where their focus was. Uh, maybe finding um, patterns that aren't going to impact communities. Maybe uh, finding weak points uh, that need to be strengthened or improved on or worked on. Um, I, believe, I firmly believe we are in a serious time of transition. And even here at First Baptist, I believe that. And I think that this series, this journey that we're going in is so important for us, individually and us as a church. I don't want us to finally get out of this pandemic and forget what we experienced. Forget the lessons that have been learned and go back to the way things are because I don't think that's what God's intent was. I, don't, I think church has to be different and it needs to be done differently. And focuses need to be shifted and transitioned. And, and I firmly believe that. And I want us to take this journey in this series as we look at these letters to Timothy. And I firmly believe that these two letters to Timothy, two words I can explain it well is lean in. Paul is urging Timothy to lean in to this opportunity. And the thing is, I want us to lean into God as individuals, as a church. I want us to lean in to God. I want us to lean in to the opportunities that God wants to present to us, that God is going to give to us, that God's going to put across our path, but we need, we need to be leaning in so we can see those. And, and it's my prayer that as we are leaning in, that, uh, that we will have the eyes to see these opportunities, but the courage to lean in and to and to be obedient in those times. Because really what we're here to do is we're here to impact our community, right? That's why we are here. That's why God has placed us here in Port of Burnings. He wants us as First Baptists to impact not what goes on inside these walls, but what goes on outside of these walls. That's our mission. That's where we need to be focused on more than in here. And we're here to impact our community. We're here to make a, a long-lasting impact, not just on community, on our communities and our neighborhoods, but on individuals, on the people that God has purposely put in our life. So the idea of this series is, a, is that we as a church, we want to posture ourselves in expectancy, in urgency of what God will do through us in this next year and beyond. I think he is setting us up to do some amazing things. And if we're not leaning in, if we're not heeding the, the encouragement and the warnings of Paul giving to Timothy, we will miss out. And if we miss out, then guess what? All those out there miss out. And I don't want them to. And I want us to lean in like we've never leaned in before as individuals and as a church. I want you to lean in like you've never have ever before in your life. Because we're in a time where our world needs us to finally step up and to lean in. And I think for too many years as Christians and as the church, 
we've gotten too comfortable. We've really gotten too comfortable. And we've kind of just laid back a lot. We've kind of leaned back, kind of what we talked about last week, but we need to lean in. We need to lean forward. And there's, you know what, there's a lot of articles and there's a lot of studies that have, t- that have taken a look at uh, posture and body language and how that actually plays out in our life and actually how it affects our brain. There, there was a study I remember being done that when this person um, invited all these other people to come in for this study, that he, w- he told them he was going to ask them these questions. And he was just wanted to see how, how posture, how body language affected our brains. So what he did is he would ask these questions to these people. And when he was asking the question, he would actually nod in affirmation as he was asking the question. And he found that when he did that, people were more prone to actually agree with him. But he also noticed if he asked questions and he kind of was shaking his head no as he was asking them, he found that people were more prone to actually disapprove of him. It's amazing, isn't it, how body language and how posture can sway us in different directions. I'm, I'm constantly told and reminded about body language from Lisa, and she's taught me a lot about body language and posture, and I've had to try to figure out more creative and secretive ways to hide my body language and my posture, and I still haven't figured it out yet. If any of you husbands have, let me know. Um, but it's an amazing how that it's amazing how body language and posture sways us in different directions. There was another study that showed that when participants actually hugged themselves, like they actually gave themselves hugs, that sometimes they were actually able to reduce their physical pain. Now, I don't know how that's even possible by hugging yourself. But somehow evidently it's a thing. Now, talking about body, body language and posture, being a pastor who has preached for many years, I'm not an expert in it, but I can tell you I've seen a lot of different postures and in body language of people while I'm preaching. So I can kind of say, yeah, I can see how it can kind of sway us in different directions. Now, our title for this morning is this idea of us needing to lean forward. We need to lean forward. And that's the posture that, that is incredibly important when it comes to us living out the Christian life. So we come here. We come here to worship with excitement and with anticipation and a passion to learn. At least I hope that's how you come into these times of worship. But here's what I want you to make certain that you fully understand about all this. It's this. The way that you, you personally, not not us collectively, but you individually, the way that you lean forward during this season at First Baptist will have direct implications on who will actually connect to Jesus and to one another in the future. It all rests on how you, on how us, we are going to lean in in this time and and that will actually have, that will determine on who will actually get connected to Christ. You see why I'm, I want us to try to take this time seriously, right? It's during this time on how we choose to lean forward during this time, it will have direct implications on 
on the people and, and on who will actually get connected to Christ. So we don't want to take this lightly. We don't want to take this lightly. Rather than, just, rather than losing a step in a season like this, I want us to gain a step. And what does that look like? What does that look like for us to lean forward in this season as a church? Well, like I said, we are walking through some passages in First and Second Timothy. And today we find ourselves in chapter 4 of 1 Timothy. Paul is writing this to Timothy, and he was a younger man in the faith, and he was going to be the pastor of this church in Ephesus. Paul writes, writes him, and he keeps bringing up the fact that the gospel has the power to change lives. Now, just out of curiosity, do you believe that? Do you believe that the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, has power to change people's lives? I sure hope you do. If you don't, then you need to have a different conversation right now. But he's reminding Timothy that the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, has power to change people's lives. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, brought up in the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Now today, my goal is to hopefully give us four lessons that we can learn from Paul's letter to Timothy. The first thing is this, as we're just reading that, the first thing, the first lesson that we can learn and, and that will help us lean forward and lean in, we need to cling to the truth. We see that very clearly from Paul, right? We need to cling to the truth. I'm going to talk more about, about the truth in the last week of the series, but I don't think we can ever overstate the importance of truth. We need to focus, like Paul said, focus on the truths of the faith. Chase after sound doctrine. When we are able to, to gather again in groups, in person, do that. It will not only sharpen your understanding, but it will also challenge you to live out those understandings and those truths. If we want to move this church forward, if we want those who are far away from God to lean forward and to draw close to him, then we need to be the fragrance of Jesus. We need this church to move forward. We can no longer stay in the past, and we can no longer continue to bring up the glory days. Those were great days, but we need to look forward. We need to lean forward. We need to look forward. We need to focus on the future, and we need to move this church forward. We need to gain a step in this time. Paul says in Ephesians 4, um, he says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but he says, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. We need to represent Christ well, not just with our actions, but with our words. We need to build people up. We need to constantly look for those opportunities to build each other up here in the church and outside of this church. We need to cling to this truth. Paul continues on in verse 7. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. 
This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. So Paul is saying to Timothy, he is saying, keep pushing godliness. Keep pushing godliness in clinging to the truth. And I want to push us to godliness as we continue to cling to the truth here. We live in a culture here today that gives more credence to the present life than the life to come. It's all about this life. You, are, you know, you have one life, live it up, right? But too many of us aren't thinking about the life to come. Paul points out that there is value in taking care of your body. There is value in that. There's value in that physical training. He says, he says it actually might lengthen the number of years that you're able to serve the Lord. But the Bible also says that as well. The Bible reminds us the body, our bodies are what? They are the temple of the Holy Spirit, Right? So knowing that, we should take excellent care of our bodies. But here's why I also want to stress. Don't allow our appearance on the outside to become more important than what's on the inside. And that's kind of what Paul is kind of saying. You know, there's a value in this, um, but don't allow it to become all that you think about. Don't, th- don't only think about your outward appearance and neglecting what's on the inside. Paul reminds Timothy that this pursuit of godliness demands every ounce of energy a person possesses. We need to be all in. We need to lean in. We need to lean forward in this pursuit of godliness. Now, if you're familiar with Paul's writings, uh, you know he loves sports analogies. But he warns Timothy as well. And he says physical training has value. That is good. Like, it's good. You know, go out for those walks. Go to the gym, go swimming, um, do whatever. Like those are good, he says. There's value in that, but even better value is in your spiritual training, he's saying. He's saying training yourself to pursue godliness because it has value not only in this life, but the life to come as well. So he's reminding Timothy don't neglect what's most important. Like, take care of your body, take care of your physical body, but don't neglect that pursuit and that training of godliness. Clinging to the truth will actually bear more fruit than being able to fit in that outfit that you bought years ago. So he's reminding Timothy, pursue godliness in all of this. He continues in verse 10. And for this we labor and strive, that we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, and especially of those who believe. Verse 11, command and teach these things. Now, I love that phrase that Paul puts in there. We have put our hope in the living God. I love that phrase. Because what it's saying is God is different than every other small g God that exists. There's something about the one true God. He stands apart from everyone and everything else here, right? And we have to understand that this is an opportunity for us to actually point people to a living hope and a living God. Especially during a time like this where there is so much hopelessness in our world right now, especially with this pandemic. There's so many people that are without hope that we need to point them to a living hope which is found in a living God. And we can only do that if we're choosing to lean in and to lean forward with the opportunities that God presents. 
Everyone here wants hope. Everyone wants hope. I don't think I've ever encountered someone that never wanted a sense of hope. Do you know when it is that people are the most open to uh, and receptive to this spiritual teaching and transformation? Well, it's when they go through a tough time, right? It's when their dreams might have been dashed, a relationship that is eroding, a loved one who is dying. It's in those times that people may just come to realize that they need more. They need more than anything else in this world, a personal relationship with the living God. Which, which brings us to our next lesson that we can learn about having this mentality of leaning in and leaning forward is, yes, we cling to the truth, but we also need to hold on to hope. We need to hold on to hope. Paul wants to make sure the church in Ephesus is reminded of where their hope truly is found and where it needs to be put. Their city in Ephesus was looking for hope, and they were looking for answers in a variety of different pursuits and places. And Timothy, think about this. Timothy had the responsibility of leading this church in Ephesus, and Paul is giving him some godly advice on how he needs to pastor this flock. What we need to be reminded of is Ephesus was a wealthy and influential port city. It was, re, it was uh, renowned for the temple of Artemis. And that temple was one of the seven wonders of the world. In fact, that temple was four times larger than the Parthenon. And people at that time, they would come from all over to see that temple. And around this temple, it was a business hub. It was a place of education. It was a place of advanced medicine, of sports and commerce. And as you would approach this, you would see these 60-foot tall columns that just lined the shopping district there. And on top of these columns, they had all of their goddesses and gods on top. So knowing that and picturing that, Ephesus was also a, a place of great idol worship as well. So they're... They're looking for hope and answers in all the wrong places, in all the wrong pursuits, right? So we can understand that they were searching for hope when life seems hopeless. And you know what? That sentiment isn't just regulated to the first century. So Paul's words ring very much true for us today as well. For the Christian, our hope is not placed in, our, our hope is not pla- in a place or in a possession. Our hope is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Now at that time, Paul had quite the following throughout the Christian community. So he's going to make it certain that he really underscores where the hope is for the church in Ephesus. And the reason he does this is that there's a lot of people that thought that Paul was all that. Like, he was all that. He was this great person. Think about it for a moment. He had this um, dramatic conversion experience. His testimony has been heard all over the place. And in addition to all that, he's in the process of writing all of these letters that are going to really make up at least half of our New Testament. So at that time, people thought Paul was pretty cool. But I want you to notice how he brings all of the focus back to God. He brings all of the focus back to Christ, and that's where our living hope is. Why do you think I prayed 
a lot of times before we open our God's word that, that when we open our God's word, all we see is Jesus and only Jesus because that's where our focus has to be. Can't be on me. Can't be on um, the other things we're doing. Can't be on our worship team. It can't be on our ministries or our outreaches. It, it, it has to come, always come back to Jesus. That's why I pray that prayer. It, it's gotta be about Jesus. That's where our living hope is. And Paul is saying, in essence, don't look to a leader. Don't think that our glory days are all in the past because that's when Jesus walked the world. And he says to Timothy, you know what? We're just getting started here. You're just getting started, Timothy, with this church. The future is right there before you. And I would say that here at First Baptist as well. We're just getting started Our focus isn't and can't be on a leader. Our focus uh, can't be on what we did years ago. Our focus has to be on Jesus. It has to be on right now. And we're just getting started. We're just getting started as a church. There's a lot more for us to do, but we're going to miss out on all that if we don't choose to lean in and to lean forward in these opportunities. You know, the thing is, we don't follow a dead God. We follow a living one that is constantly inviting us into a life that is freeing and fulfilling. That's why we call it the abundant life, right? Dead things have no more use. But our God, our God is not dead, which means this, our work has just begun. And if the resurrected life is really true, it means this, that the resurrection power lives within us as Christ followers. The hope that is talked about here is interesting because Paul uses a word here to describe hope and it applies this. It implies a continuous state of hope. It's continuous. It's it's not ending. In other words, our hope will never be dashed. If your hope is in Jesus, then guess what? Nothing, nothing can thwart that because it's an ongoing living hope and it's a certain hope. We continue, verse 12, and it says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, life, love, faith, and purity. Which brings us to our next lesson. It says, essentially this, represent Christ regardless of your age. Represent Christ regardless of your age, whether you are new to the faith or you have been, you've been a, a long Trek, trekker in this journey of faith. Represent Christ regardless of your age. Paul here, who's older, writing to Timothy, his younger protege, who is probably, according to some of the wording here, is probably under the age of 29. And he's encouraging him, don't allow people to look down at you, but instead just let God use you and allow God to use your gifts. And that's my message to you. Don't allow people to look down on you regardless Regardless of your age, regardless of your situation, just let God use you and the gifts he's given you. And I want us to notice what Paul infers by saying that. He's inferring that these older adults, the more seasoned parts of the body of Christ, that people are looking to them as an example. So there's a lesson in there for us as well. A key reason for any type of a church to grow is because it's constantly changing. And we have to keep 
that in mind for us as a church. Things need to be constantly changing. Think about how, how, how much has changed since I've been here for over 14 years. Things have changed. Things aren't the way that they were when I first walked through these doors over 14 years ago. Um, they're definitely not the same since I've transitioned into your lead pastor over these past, what, 12 years coming up to um, or so. Um, there's, we need to constantly change. Our, our service has changed. Um, you know, order things that we've added, things that we've taken out. And I firmly believe we need to be willing to constantly change and, and look for other ways to reach people. Um, and if we don't do that, then we're going to be left behind. And, and our impact and our reach won't be that effective because it's just going to be the same people, just us. And it's not just about us here. It's about who's out there, Remember. You know, I firmly believe, and I've tried to show this over the years, I firmly believe our method has to be constantly changing. But our message always stays the same. The message is, remember, it's, it comes back to Christ. It's about Jesus. But the way our methods of, of communicating that message has to be constantly changing. Our society, our culture, our world is constantly evolving. And I firmly believe the church needs to evolve with society, with culture, with the way things are being communicated. That's why, that's why we put a lot of effort in this past year to really ramp up our online presence by providing uh, a video online service, by reaching out to all these different uh, podcast platforms, and yeah, if you want, if you if you listen to podcasts, go to your favorite platform. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You just search FBC Port. You'll find us. Subscribe, and you can listen to our teaching um, ev from every Sunday. Uh, it's about us changing our methods, and we need to, and we need to be okay with that. We need to, as a church body, we need to be receptive to the possible changes that will be coming in the future. Some, some may be in the near future, some later on in the future, but we need to be okay with that. And that's a key reason for why any church would grow. It's because it's constantly changing. If we at First Baptist resist change, then we will probably have a much smaller chance of reaching your wayward granddaughter or maybe your prodigal son. And here's my prayer in this season. I pray that God gives our leadership and myself ideas and creative methods to reach our, this next generation. Because the, here's the thing, there is strength that comes within the fabric of a congregation like this. Which means that the older people have to lean forward as well. The longtime members have to lean forward and see how they can mentor those who are younger in their faith. It's, you know, it's that... It's that idea of passing the torch. It's about our older members looking for the opportunities to do what Paul did. Take someone under your wing. Mentor them. Disciple them. And, I, and we have an amazing, vast experience of people here and vast wisdom here in this church. It's time for us to start passing on to other people in this church and the people that we come in contact with, right? 
So, so here's my question. How can God use you regardless of your age and even regardless of your mobility as well? Just because your mobility is affected still does not mean that you can't lean forward, that you can't lean in, and, and, and God still can't use you. If you can't move around much or maybe you can't come out to services anymore, you can still be this amazing prayer warrior. We need a lot of those. So my question is, how can God use you regardless of your age, even regardless of your mobility, and even whatever season you find yourself in? How can God use you? Verse 13. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Here's the final thing that we can gather from Paul. Keep the main thing the main thing. We need to keep the main thing the main thing. Paul says when it comes to God's word, preaching and teaching, use the gifts that God's given you, Timothy. You be diligent in these matters. And you might be thinking, Bill, I haven't always been diligent in my life. There were a lot of years in the past in my life where I was definitely not pursuing godliness. I was pursuing, pursuing anything but godliness. And you know what? I've wasted a lot of years. Is it really too late for me? And you know what? I hear those types of comments way more than I would like to admit. And it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart when I hear people say, you know what? It's, it's too late for me. Like I wasted way too much of my life. God can't use me now. It's way too late. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that I want to encourage you with is this. People will not remember how you started, but they will remember how you finish. So is it too late? Never. Think about any type of a race. The Olympics are coming up by the looks of it this summer. Think about the races that are going to happen. Are you going to remember someone that maybe had a great start but had a poor finish? No, you're going to remember the people that finished well. That's what you're going to remember. You're going to remember the people that may not have started well, but they sure finished well. And that's what I want to encourage you with. They're not going to remember how you started, but they will remember how you finish. So the question I have is, how are you going to finish? How are you going to pursue godliness in all of this? Yes, you can't get those years back of pursuing other things. You can't. And I'll be honest, you can't get those things back. You can't change yesterday, but here's the thing. You can change today, and you can change tomorrow. It's easier. It's easier to recover from a weak start than a poor finish, in my opinion. Paul says this in verse 16. He says, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. There is something more important than getting other people saved, and that's first making certain that you yourself are in a saved relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul here is driving home that this has to be the top priority, to live a life that pleases God, that is worthy of the gospel of Christ. You see, here's the thing. Your life is not going to be measured by how much you made, where you lived, 
the car you drove, the vacations that you took, this church is not going to be measured by how many people might come on any given Sunday. It's not going to be measured by who your pastor is. Everything will be measured by the standards of Jesus Christ. He is the only thing that matters. Everything comes back to Jesus. Because of Jesus, you can have all of the privileges and all of the benefits as if you raced this perfect race. And how does that happen? Well, it happens by us swallowing our pride and putting your trust in the one and only person who ever lived a perfect life and saying, you know what? I want to make you, Jesus, Lord and Savior of my life. So let's take this opportunity. Let's take these encouragements from Paul and let's lean in and lean forward as individuals and as the church. And let's just see what God has for us. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that, um, that you desire us to pursue godliness. You desire us to, to allow you to use us and the gifts that you've given us. Thank you that it all comes back to Christ. It really, it all, it all comes back to Christ. And, and, I, and I, pray, I pray for this new season and this coming year here at First Baptist, that we as individuals, we as a church, we as a leadership team, we will lean in to you. We will lean into your word. We will lean into pursuing godliness. We will be leaning into the opportunities that you will present to us. And that collectively, we will lean forward together so we can have this amazing reach and this amazing impact into our community. Lord, we can't do this on our own. We do need your help. And I ask that you will help us with this. You will help us to give us a desire and a passion and an urgency to lean in and to lean forward into you, into your truth, into your presence, into the opportunities um, that you're going to give us. Allow us to have the eyes to see those and the courage to take the step forward. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.